Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another installment of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. I am, of course, Patrick Coyote. I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Broncos legend, Super Bowl 50 champion, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, so good to see you, man. How we doing? How we feeling? Happy Tuesday. Doing good, man. Feeling good. Ready to talk some ball, talk some news, and yeah. let's get at it. Well, today was a big day for Broncos country. This week has been an interesting week already for Broncos country. On Monday, it was announced that defensive lineman Ioma Uwazarike is indefinitely suspended by the NFL for violating their gambling policy. Chris, this is something that we've seen quite a bit of this offseason. It kind of started last year with Calvin Ridley, him getting suspended for a year. That was huge at that time. Now, these guys are being suspended left and right indefinitely. We've had multiple teams, multiple players, I think the Lions, the Colts, um, now the Broncos involved. This is, uh, this is going to be a big problem coming up i feel what do you think what what is your stance on on this whole uh, gambling issue uh it's definitely uh, we've seen the numbers of guys this offseason be suspended you know and um it's something that gambling is just so it's so easy yeah it's like a video game it's right there (laughs) in your face you know it's it's right there on your phone you know so many different apps and um you know so many different sports that you can gamble on that are that people are people are gambling you know and it's it's easy access and you know you see people actually get hooked to it you know and 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 then it becomes it was small problem now becomes a big problem now you're suspended so hopefully guys learn their lesson from seeing other players and um seeing what's going on and just continue to stay away from as much as they can yeah, it's it's definitely rough. The accessibility, like you said, is is so uh, is so much a part of the problem that you know they they're you guys are sitting in a facility for hours on end with like you know there's not much to do. I'll throw a couple bucks on yeah. a game, you know, it, you know I'll, I'll you know gamble on an NBA game or whatever. Even the guys that weren't gambling on the NFL and mm-hmm. still got hit with those suspensions is still, you know, it, it's really tough. I, I think there's also that double-edged, you know, the double-edged sword of, well, the NFL is pushing gambling so much and everything that they do, uh, you know, they, they've got gambling sponsors, they've got all this. Do you think that there's some level of hypocrisy there as far as the the league and their stance versus, you know, this policy of, of gambling? Definitely. And, you know, uh, it'd be different if guys could be able to gamble on other sports, you know, and um, that would be probably the only way I could see that could kind of be a little fair to to allow guys to gamble. But uh, you can see it. It can play a big part in the game. You know, if you have your quarterback gambling, you know, (laughs) or something like that, you know, so it's something that they got to try to eliminate fast, you know, take a hard stance on it fast. That's why I think guys are getting suspended for a whole year. Yeah, you know, you you're losing a whole year's uh, worth of uh, paycheck. So yeah, uh, that's that's big to that's big to guys. So um, they're making a hard stance. So hopefully, guys understand that they're taking it very serious, 
and try to stay away from it. You know, um, yeah. you might see guys do friendly betting, you know, uh, bet with a teammate, you know, something like that. That might be like the the easiest way you can do it, you know. But other than that, going on these mainstream sites, these apps, yeah. dealing with bookies, uh, you're just starting. You're just opening up the hole to uh, to be able to get caught. So uh, yeah. you just got to be smart in how you move. Yeah, I mean, we think about the, I mean, the scandal that the NBA had for years with Tim Donahue, and um, you know, we we don't want that to leak over into the game and and affect the integrity of the game. And, and that's a great point that you bring up. No. But unfortunate news for the Broncos' defensive line. Now they're in a situation where. Maybe they need to bring in some more depth. I think a guy like uh, Shelby Harris could be a good addition to the Broncos defensive line. He brings that veteran presence. Obviously he was really beloved in the city of Denver, best hands in the league, you know? Um, So if, if that's the direction they want to go, bringing a guy like Shelby back might be the way to go. But Chris, the most important news to come out of Broncos country came out today they've been teasing this for weeks all of these teams across the league are putting out new uniforms they're getting new threads the broncos went in a different direction they said we're not going to do new threads yet but we are going to do a new helmet tell me what you thought about the new icy helmet that the broncos dropped yeah oh i like the helmet definitely i think i wish they would have came out with some new Still brought us a new jersey, you know what I mean? Came out with some all whites, you know, to go with the white helmet, you know. Then you can also wear them with the all oranges. So uh, that's what I was hoping for. But, you know, we got to be patient one more year. And hopefully they come out with four. They got to come out with at least five jerseys next year. Have to. I I don't know how many jerseys they allow you to have. But come on, man. We got to come with it next year. And and hopefully we got some cool new designs. I feel like there just needs to be – there needs to be no rule as far as uniforms are concerned. Yeah. You know, like make sure that you have a good solid rotation of, of good uniforms. But, you know, we, we see colleges right. now have, I mean, Oregon kind of started that trend. I'm not going to lie. Or Oregon was that first school to really be like, Hey, we've got third, you know, 30 different combinations that we're going to use this year. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think the Broncos have such a, such a great classic uniform that that white helmet with the all white throwback unis or or an updated version of that all white yeah. uniform is going to look so clean. Chris, what did you think uh what did you think about the the white with the the all orange? Do you, you like that combination or do you think there were some other changes yeah. that they should have made this year? Yeah. Well, um like I said, I wish we could go with the all white if they had yeah. an all white unit to go with the all white helmet. But I think I think it'll look good. I think it'll. I don't think it'll be looking odd. So I think it'll have a. They got to come with the white gloves, you know, the white cleats, yeah. you know, just kind of going. They uh, and then I think they wear. Is it all orange socks too? Uh, with they, that, so. They, so in the promo video, they showed uh the orange top, the orange bottoms, but then white socks with it. So I think. Okay. The, I think the white and the orange, like if they did orange, uh, white sleeves with the with the orange jerseys and then white socks with the orange pants, I feel like that's a cleaner look. Uh, yeah. Than the all orange sock. I didn't really like the all orange socks. Yeah. yeah so that's gonna look way better. So, 
Um, I think it's going to look clean, man. I wonder, is it going to be a, you know, Thursday night game? How many times are they going to wear it this year? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how we do it. Now, a a lot of teams put out some really great uniforms. The Seahawks absolutely killed their throwback uniforms. Uh, the, the Tennessee Titans are coming back with the Oilers combination. Love that color scheme. The Eagles are going to have their, the, the bright green, the all green unis this year, which throwback uni outside of, you know, obviously Denver, but which throwback uniform, uh, that was released this off season was your favorite. Man, I might have to go with the, the, the Oilers. Yeah. Yeah. The baby blue, that baby blue and red, man. Yeah. That's sweet, you know. Definitely. I would have came out with some all red, some all red cleats, or <laughs> red sleeve, you know. Yeah. Uh that's what those were one of the games that uh you you definitely gotta come out clean. Who who was um who was the quarterback for them at that time? Oh, God, it was uh Warren Moon. Uh, Warren Moon, yeah. 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 yeah, those are the Warren Moons. So I think so, I had a throwback Warren Moon back in the day, so yeah, I mean, um, so that's definitely look, the jersey you got to have. Looking back at you know all these these retro jerseys that have come out, like I think back to yeah. seeing seeing guys like Warren Moon playing those jerseys, uh, um, Randall Cunningham in Randall, the yeah. uh, Eagles ones, and the Vikings released their their throwback uniforms this year as well. So that brought mm-hmm. me back to like Dante Randy Culpepper. Moss, yeah, yeah, Randy Moss, Dante Culpepper, like. It, it it's so yeah. great seeing these retro uniforms come back. The Jets just released theirs yesterday as well. They I, it was the all white, the New York Sack Exchange jerseys. So um, it, it's a good time if you're a fan of NFL yeah. uniforms, which I am. Denver, we are hoping and praying that you give us some good uniforms next year. But Chris, camp, camp is on the mind. Camp is starting this week. I feel like I'm a little kid getting ready. I like, I can't wait to go to camp. <laughs> this episode, we are going to be doing our offensive camp preview. And Chris, we've got a lot to talk about because this is a make or break year for the Broncos offense. They have struggled so hard, even before the Super Bowl 50 year that, you know, They've been struggling ever since then. And yeah. this is the time with Sean Payton coming in that they have to turn it around. They have to come back. Yeah. They have to make a statement. So we're going to go position by position. We're going to break it down. We're going to give a preview of every position uh, in this offense. And of course, it wouldn't be football if we didn't start with the quarterback room. And in this quarterback room, Chris, we have Russell Wilson making his second, uh, going into his second year in Denver after mm-hmm. the trade. Uh, Jarrett Stidham is currently the backup. He came over from Las Vegas. Jarrett Guarantano and Ben DiNucci, the former uh, Dallas Cowboys quarterback and XFL MVP, Ben DiNucci, mm-hmm. I should add. So, Chris, I, I want to start with these quarterbacks. Obviously, Russ is going to be the starter unless something drastic happens yeah. in camp. But what do you think about the the rest of this quarterback room, and and who do you kind of expect to be that head of the pack for those other three guys? Yeah, I think they usually some teams keep three. 
you know that that third guy is really good. And if uh, one of those guys are able to, you know, hopefully be solid, you uh, backup or solid potential guy that you can see in the future, maybe challenging for us, you might keep him on the practice squad or be able to, you know, to use them in practice and be able to use uh, Stedman, those two guys to get the teams ready. So some most teams keep three, you know, whether they keep three on the active or two on the active. And I think Denver will keep two on the active. I think Stedman and uh, Russell yeah. will be the guys that will lead the way. And um, we it's a big year for them, you know. When you, you don't trade a – I think we trade a first-round pick for a head coach, you know, yeah. that specializes in offense. So we expect the offense to put up numbers and to to not be look like it has looked in the past what, seven years, seven yeah. – uh, Seven, eight years. So Seven years. Um, that's this is what we that's what we expect when you get a guy like um, Sean Payton. You know, I don't think we've had really a true offensive specialist uh, offensive coordinator ever, you know, since I've yeah. been there, you know, even from when I was there. You know, Kubiak yeah. was a um, was a well, you could say he was a he is an offensive yeah. specialist really because the zone offense under was Shanahan and then yeah. Kubiak just. You know, he brought it in. He pretty much extended it. And then now we can see what Kyle Shanahan's doing it yeah. and how much he's advanced it, right? So he was kind of like that beginning of it. But I think Sean Payton is the top one of the top-level OCs in the league. So I expect the offense to improve greatly this year. Yeah, and it all starts with the quarterback position. You know, we really have to see Russ uh, grow into this offense, understand the offense much better than – last season because it, it was just such a, a a cluster of you know play calling and scheme and you know spacing like what are we doing at, at any point of a game you'd be watching and you'd just be like well, i i don't understand what we're doing right here in this situation so uh if there's anyone in the game of football like you said it, it's sean payton who understands how to work an offense and how to teach an offense and that's really the big emphasis that they've been putting on this offseason is teaching so chris the the quarterback room is set uh we should we should expect to see a good competition for that backup spot jared guarantano is a, a guy who has a ton of traits a, a ton of skills um and ben denucci had his little time in in dallas he had a he had a couple good uh good performances there but man his xfl uh season this last year was incredible to watch and it really kind of showed his growth as a quarterback and hopefully he comes back into the nfl a little more comfortable able to breathe a little bit better and understand it, if there's a reason why sean payton is going to go out and get you there has to be a good reason so that is going to do it for the quarterbacks we're going to move on to the running back room and chris this running back room we talked about this uh in one of our last episodes when we ranked the offensive groups for me, the running back room is one that is in dire need of, the, of more help. Um, we have Javante Williams. He's coming off the, the, the ACL injury. We have Samaj P. Ryan, who they signed this offseason from Cincinnati. Tony Jones Jr. Uh, came over from Seattle. Tyler Beatty, who had, a, who had a couple good plays last season in Denver. And then the rookie Jaleel McLaughlin and fullback, fullback michael burton from kansas city chris really quick uh you know javante is going to be 
not on the pup list uh, to start the season, which is great. But what are you expecting from this running back room yeah. going into camp? Yeah, really, like you said, it's going to be uh, Williams, and then you got uh, P. Ryan. And P. Ryan is um, – I think he's a very underrated running back. I think uh, um, he was very consistent in Cincinnati, and he's always a big, strong runner that, you know, a lot of guys didn't really want to tackle, you know. So yeah. I can see him being uh, – getting a chance to really shine. So hopefully he does a great job. The real competition is who's going to be that third running back. And like yeah. you said, you have Tyler Batty uh, – uh, McClellan and then um, you Tony Jones. Forgot the Tony Jones. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I think Tony Jones is a bigger body type running back. You know, so it depends on if you want a big body type of physical running back, goal line type of guy. Uh, Batty, you and that third guy has to be a has to be a solid special teams guy. Yeah, right. So we need uh, it's going to be really a tough battle at that third spot because you got to be able to be also a solid running back, but also be solid in special teams. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's just going to be a key piece right there. And um, I think later on in the year, they might pick up somebody else. They might find another free agent, a vet that can might be able to come in and uh, like a Murray did last year, you know, yeah. and be able to uh, ride the wave at the end of the year. So uh, it's, this this room has still got a lot of question marks for sure. Yeah, I was still a little shy. I, I still am a little shocked. I'm, so, I'm still a little shocked and a little hurt that Latavius Murray didn't come back to Denver, especially with Sean Payton uh, being the yeah. head coach. I was like, this, this seems like a match made in heaven. Like you still have Javante yeah. recovering, you know, P Ryan is fine, but like, he's not going to be your bell cow back. Why not just keep Levo uh, Latavius Murray for another year and boom, there, you, there you go. There's your three running backs right there. But you know, yeah. he Latavius did all he could um, and, and he got a much better deal elsewhere. So uh, Chris, I, I think that that's the, the best way to look at it really is that third guy yeah. has to be someone who's reliable, um, someone who can come in in a pinch, but also someone who is going to produce on special teams. And, you know, there's no, there's no fullback competition. So fullback yeah. is, is going to be set in stone unless yeah. Michael Burton gets hurt. But I also see like, I also see a wide receiver uh, one of the wide receivers being used in a kind of hybrid fullback uh, receiver tight end type way. And this brings us to our next group, the tight end group. And we talked about the tight end group in, in a previous episode um, where we talked about, you know, Greg Dulcich and, and we, t and we ranked the offensive groups, but this group uh, I feel like is pretty set for now in their top four, but uh, Greg Dulcich, the third round pick from last year, he is going. He, he's slated right now as the number one tight end. Chris Manhurts, who signed with us uh, in the off season, he spent time with Sean Payton in New Orleans. Adam Troutman, of course, came over straight from New Orleans uh, in a draft day trade, and then Albert Okwebenam, the twenty twenty fourth round pick out of Missouri, he is still someone who we got to keep our eyes on, uh, but. Nate Adkins is a college free agent who has joined the Broncos for training camp. And then Tommy Hudson is also in this tight end room. So Chris, this is a, this is a tight end group that has a varying level of skill and a varying level of experience. We have our traditional inline tight ends in Chris Manhurts and Adam Troutman. And then we have our kind of like move tight ends. Those, those you guys 
in Albert Okwebenam and Greg Dulcich. I think that for the most part, we can pretty much call this a set group. But, you know, based on the past and based on the things that we want to see from the tight ends in Sean Payton's system, what are you expecting yeah. uh, to, to happen in camp with these guys? Man, with Sean Payton's system, I can see him usually keeping around three to four tight ends, you yep. know. So it's going to be um, – if he keeps three, then one of those guys are going to be the odd man out. Yeah. Right? So um, it's going to be a tight group because um, nobody – we we don't know who's going to separate themselves in camp, and we'll, we'll find out pretty soon how, um, how good these guys are. And I think I played with Trotman. And uh, he's a yeah. solid tight end. You know, he can do it all. So yeah. he's a guy that can block. He's very reliable hands. And um, he's a guy that understands the system. So I think he might be a guy that might be a lock, you know. Um, it's, it, we might find Albert might be having to fight for his life, you know, fight for that yeah. last spot. So it's going to be a, a tight battle, depending on if they keep three or four guys. Yeah, he Albert definitely has to – uh, he definitely has to prove himself in camp this year. This is this is his make or break year, truly. And what it comes down to for him, I feel like, is knowing the system, obviously, how well are you going to improve your blocking game? And then what are you going to do on special teams? And right. you know, I, I, I was talking to Troy Rank of, uh, you know, a reporter in Denver about this not that long ago. And he said, really, it, it comes down to it to his effort last year, a lot of him not playing was due to his kind of lack of effort and lack of caring. Um, and that's just something that you can't do in this league. So I think you're absolutely right. Like he's going to be fighting for his, his job, uh, come training camp. So now we have, we go from one group that's pretty much set in stone to another group that has a lot of heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. but really has a lot of question marks as well. So the wide receiver room features Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Marquez Calloway, KJ Hamler, Marvin Mims, Kendall Hinton, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Montreal Washington, Taylor Grimes, Brandon Johnson, and Jalen Virgil. That's a lot of names. There's a lot of <laughs> names that I just listed off. Uh, <laughs> uh, important to note that Kendall Hinton is starting on the pup list and KJ Hamler is currently on the NFI list. He can be taken off at any time. Um, Chris, I, I don't know what to expect from this wide receiver group going into camp. I think this is going to be one of the hottest battles of it, the entire camp. And really what it comes down to is, is Sean Payton going to keep six or is he going to keep seven? And I, I want to know, what are your thoughts? What do you think about this wide receiver room? Who's going to stand out to you in camp? Well, I I got four already locked in. I think uh, Judy, yeah. Sutton, Patrick, and Mims. Those are locked, right? So now we can just use the other receivers. Now who's going to be that fifth and sixth spot, right? And those guys usually have to be solid on special teams and understand the offense. Yeah. And I think Callaway, um, is, he's, he is solid on special teams, and he can play um, all three spots at receiver. Yeah. on this offense because he understands the system. So I, I would put pencil him as that fifth receiver, Ooh. right? So now we would have to look at is K.J. Hamler 
Um, is he going to be able to produce on special teams? Maybe he can be the returner. Um, maybe he can take on one of those spots. So it's going to be at uh, all those other receivers, you know, for that last six spots. You're going to have to be solid, very good on special teams, right? Uh, yeah. Because I see those first top four receivers, right, getting the we, – we want Judy to get 100 receptions. Easily. You know, we want Cortland to get back to doing what he does, you know, and Tim's going to get his fair share of targets. So that's what we we want those guys, those four top four guys to be able to make an impact uh, because those are really, you know, the, the playmakers on the team. So uh, it's going to be a tight battle for those last two spots. But I see Callaway seeing that he knows how to play the slot, yeah. the X and the Z, and he's solid on special teams. I see him being locked in, in in that five spot unless he just comes out in training camp and is just getting locked up, you know. So yeah. uh, unless we see something different. Yeah, I think the other guy that is going to have all the eyes on him when it comes to special teams is LJ Humphrey because that guy, like, he, he's a bigger guy. Um, you know, he, he was a wide receiver at Texas, and then when he came into the league, he – kind of transitioned into this like tight end wide receiver role, which worked well for new England where he was. And then uh, his special teams play in new England is what really like put him on my map on my radar. When the, when the Broncos signed him, not to mention he also understands the new Orleans offense because he was in new Orleans with Sean Payton. So that's another guy. Like there's six guys right there that are like, pretty much like fit that bill of knows the offense can produce on the field is like it can produce on special teams. Those are six guys already. So now it's like, who's going to be that seventh if he keeps seven. So I don't think if he keeps seven, then he would keep um, three tight ends. You see? So I I see him being more of a power. I think they're going to run the football more. So I think they would keep more tight ends and less receivers. That's just how I'm seeing how this team is built. Oh, absolutely. And and I think the the question would be is how are we going to designate LJ Humphrey? Like, are we going to designate him as a wide receiver? Are we going to designate him as a tight end? Maybe move on from Albert O there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like detail work that still needs to be done with that. But the wide receiver yeah. room is going to be uber competitive. Can't wait to see that. Our last group for the offensive preview, though, is the offensive line. And Chris, we'll just go over this really quick because I feel like a lot of these mm-hmm. positions are set in stone. Really, we just have to talk about depth. So uh, Garrett Bowles is going to return. He comes back from his broken leg. Um, hopefully he can come back ready and rearing to go. Ben Powers the free agent signing from Baltimore, huge signing for Denver. He's slotted in at that left guard spot. Lloyd Cushenberry returns the 2023rd round pick. Uh, Quinn Miners is slated in at that right guard spot. And then free agent signing Mike McGlinky from San Francisco. Uh, outside of that starting five, Chris, I think some. we'll just go over some notables here. Cam Fleming re-signed the uh, he was our our swing tackle our backup guard for the last couple or backup tackle for the last couple of years he's going to return uh, Quinn Bailey is one of our backup linemen he had to step in at tackle and guard a couple times last year Luke Wattenberg is also 
uh, one of our backup guards. Kyle Fuller was a free agent signing from Seattle. He played some center and some guard. I just don't really see him fitting in with this with this uh, group. And then Isaiah Prince um, was a he was a project offensive tackle that um, that we signed during this offseason. So, Chris, I want to get your thoughts on the starters, and then I want to get your your thoughts on the depth. Oh, I forgot to mention Alex Forsyth as well, the rookie out of Oregon, the seventh round pick from this year starting quality guy but is going to have to work really hard in camp yeah i think um the strong point would be probably having uh getting mike mcglinchy uh, mm-hmm. and then also getting uh garrett Bowles back hopefully he can come back and be solid you know solid um uh like he was playing you know i thought he was playing yeah. very well at one point um yeah. but then you have uh being able to resign cam fleming which you you know you got a solid swing tackle. He can play guard. He can play multiple positions. You know, um, a guy that you know that's what you need. You need a swing. You need a guy that can be a swing and be a versatile backup. So yeah. I think they have that with him. Uh, like you said, the the uh, biggest question mark would be at the center. I think uh, we're putting our faith in you know Lloyd Cushenberry. Cush- Is that how you say his yeah. name? Yeah. And um, so. Um, I don't think he plays uh, bad. You know, I think he, he still has some improvement. Hopefully he can improve with guys getting Ben Powers, you know, yeah. a, a vet that's, that's uh, you know, that's been a, in top um, rushing offenses, you know. Yeah. Baltimore, they've been at the top almost every year. So um, hopefully we have some some solid, you know, other – we pick up some other solid vets to bring more competition. The rest are pretty much younger players, you know, yeah. a lot of unknown players. So – um, it's going to be interesting to see how they look in training camp to uh, for the depth. Uh, we, but I do think we have depth at tackle and yeah. with a little bit at guard, you know. So yeah. our um, our weakest spot would probably be center uh, right now. But um, the O line would be it's not as bad, you know, as it's been in the past. I think we should we could yeah. possibly be a top ten O line. So um, I, I think that. that's a I think it's a rising group. Yeah, I, I would absolutely love that. If they if that group can get to top 10, oh man, that that speaks that would speak volume. I, and I definitely agree with you on the point that where Kush has to be the one to step up. Like he has been the one that has struggled these last couple of years and, you know, all the the gripes about Dalton Reisner aside, like Dalton played well in spots, but mm-hmm. we also have to be cognizant of the guard is also a product of the center and the center is also a product of the guard. So they, they both didn't play well at times and it definitely showed. Uh, But I think in this offense, uh, in this scheme, I think this is a little more suited to uh, Cushenberry's skill set. It just really comes down to how well are the guys next to him going to play. And I think with Quinn Miners going into uh, year three, you know, this is going to be a really great, time for the Denver Broncos offensive line. But Chris, that is going to do it for our offensive preview. We are going to get into our defensive preview in our next episode. But right now, it is time for my favorite segment of the show, the no-fly zone. And Chris, since camp is coming up, I figured let's talk about camp a little bit. What would you be doing during this time to prep yourself for camp the those last like five seven days oh man i would always um you know do some light work not too heavy 
you know, to where I'm just my legs are already gone. So I'm trying to, you know, the last week try to get some rest, more rest, and uh, do a little light work, but you know, a lot more stretching, more getting my body ready, making sure that I'm fully healthy and ready to go, and making sure that you know the hamstrings are strong and ready to go because that's the first thing that happens, you know, your hamstring pulls, you know, <laughs> all the running that we're doing at DB. So that's one. That's some things that I do. You see some guys still going crazy like off season working out. And uh, that last week, which I, I don't know why they do that, because they never give their body a rest, you know. So it's just trying to yeah. get that kind of get that little cool down, but still doing uh, my gymnastic stretching, still doing all those type of things to make sure I'm flexible, keep my body ready to go and um, trying to, you know, enjoy that last week of, you know, peace before you before before <laughs> before you locked in, because, man, training camp is. You're working eight, eight to eight every day. So it's full time, man. Yeah, you're you're telling us that you're not out there squatting 600 pounds like Nick Chubb is. Oh, no, no, no. Only guy I know (laughs) that I had Austin Eckler. He's a guy that he lifts like the offseason all year long, right? We're in the season. This dude is squatting 500. Like this dude is a beast. So. He's the only guy I've seen that's just working out like a freak all year long. Yeah. Man, that that is insane. That's <laughs> just crazy to me. That's so much weight, man. That's so <laughs> much weight. Um, yeah, last thing here, Chris. Uh you just had your camp, yeah. your your youth camp, and and I just want to give you a chance to, you know, talk about what you guys did in that camp yeah. and and how the experience was. Oh, man, it was great going back home uh, where I'm from and where I went to school, Bixby High School, and was able to throw a, uh, another um, event there in which we have um, – we've been doing it since two, 2012. And um, just uh, being able to go back and um, have a time with the kids and bring something back to them and give them uplift and uh, give them something to look forward to. We don't got too much things going on in Oklahoma, so – uh, when I get to come home and throw an event and for the city and uh, we have, oh man, it's like a carnival, you know? So we have everything that we, we bring out there, food trucks, all types of things, paint faces, all kid, everything you can think of for the kids and um, being able to just teach them football, teach them life skills. We have like anti-bullying pro, uh, programs going on. Then we have Bible study awesome. programs going on at, during that time. So man, it's, the whole camp is a whole event. And uh, we're just uh, thankful to be able, thankful with my wife being able to, uh, you know, she does a great job with our foundation, be able to uh, touch as many kids as we can, coming up with plans uh, to be able to, to throw great events. So um, it's just fun every year, something that we look forward to, and uh, we're just going to keep it going as long as I'm alive. Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. It's, it's so great to hear. And, uh, you know, I just want to say, like, thank you so much for giving back to your community. Yeah. It, it, that That's a huge thing that, you know, it, whether you're a professional athlete or, or you're not a professional athlete, you should be giving back to your community and, yeah. and you do it in such a great way. So thank you for doing that. But Chris, that is going to be it for this episode. Our offensive preview is done. Next episode is going to be defensive preview. I can't wait for that one. I know you can't yeah. either, Chris. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr. at Patrick Chiodi at Believe Network. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And Broncos Country, until next time, let's ride. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.